Broadcasting live from the KVXL studios at Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. The Frittle Show with Crystal Heath. I've said that we must be cautious in claiming God is on our side. I think the real question we must answer is, are we on his side? Faith, family, freedom. For me, it's very simple. I think we've got to, we've got to get the country back on the right track with the most inspiring agenda. A voice in the desert. Now, here's Crystal Heath. Hey, everybody. I am back. Had a wonderful vacation last week. I know you all missed me when we didn't have a new podcast last weekend, but that's okay. It's good to be missed. We're going to talk today about 10 unpopular truths. I was thinking about these things while I was on vacation, but only for a little bit. Mostly I was relaxing. But I've been making a list over the last few weeks, even before vacation, of things that I've wanted to say but didn't quite know where to put them or they overlapped with other topics we've already talked about in the past, so they seemed redundant. So I've decided to put them all together in one show for you that talks about some things happening in our culture right now. And I was going to call it 10 Unpopular Opinions. But when I read through the list of things, once I finalized it earlier this week, I realized that my 10 things are factual. My 10 things are truths. Now, I will share with you some of my opinions about those 10 things, but they are, in fact, 10 unpopular truths. And that's what we're going to talk about today. It's not going to be a long podcast, all right? I just want to bullet point some of these things, get them out there, and then I want you to tell me what I missed or what you agree with, what you disagree with. On Facebook, on Twitter, you can find me there at The Friddle. Let's have a conversation about these things. Or if there are more, if you think we should do something like this again, if you like the list format, let me know. Whatever it is you have thoughts about, send them on over. Welcome to all of you listening here in Las Vegas. Great to have you with us on KVXL 101.1 FM Experience Liberty Radio. We are going to start gearing up for our Christmas programming by the way, on 101.1 FM in Las Vegas. Starting in December will be all Christmas all the time, and I'm excited about that. But that doesn't have anything to do with today's podcast, so let's get started. Number one. Number one. And this one is foundational, really, to everything else. And that is that if Jesus isn't the answer, maybe you're asking the wrong question. I'll say it again. Number one. If Jesus isn't the answer, maybe you're asking the wrong question. And by the way, if you have time to watch TV, you have time to read your Bible. If you have time to fact check on Facebook, then you have time to pray. Pray. I don't know what word I just said. If you can name the CNN or Fox Toast lineups for any night of the week, but you're shaky on where to find the book of Jeremiah in that Bible on your shelf, then it might be time to reprioritize your life. Because at the end of the day, guys, this is the main thing. It has to be the main thing. This has to be the foundational truth that you build your life upon, and that is the Word of God, that is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because if you don't have that right, if your foundation isn't sure, then when you try to build, it's going to all come crumbling down. Number two, you do not, I repeat, you do not have to post all of your thoughts, opinions, and facts on social media. We'll talk more about facts in number three in just a moment. I'll say it again. Number two, you do not have to post all of your thoughts, opinions, and facts on social media. Pro tip, they're not changing anyone's mind anyway. 
Now, maybe you just get an adrenaline rush from all the people that think just like you think, saying, oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, whatever. Let's get this. If only other people understood what we understand. No, just just stop that. And if it makes you upset, if being on social media makes you upset, walk away. If, if a friend on social media destroys the peace in your day, mute that friend. The Bible says as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. If that online friendship is not making you more Christ-like, then maybe it's not one you should have in your life. And as an aside, I, I mean it is an online friendship. It's complete, I'm not saying get rid of that person as a friend in real life. That's not what I'm saying at all. But online, people can be very, very different than they are in real life. Maybe you don't need to see every post they post online if it is not cultivating a friendship or encouraging you to be more Christ-like. And by the way, if you interact with a post online, particularly on Facebook, that you disagree with, that ups that post in the Facebook algorithm. So more people then will see the post that you think is not factual or that you disagree with or whatever else. Just leave it alone. If you leave it alone, less people will see it than will see it if you go ahead and interact with it. You know, in Proverbs says, the beginning of strife is as one letteth, one, one letteth out water, so let it alone, okay? Don't open that floodgate. Again, you're not going to change their mind anyway. Number three. <laughs> Fact checkers are people too. I have, this has become the... <laughs> This has become the rallying cry, like on both sides. And I just, I just sit back and I chuckle. You know, one side is like fake news, fake news, fake news. And the other side is like, no, that's not true. Read the facts. And here's my facts in a CNN article. See, my facts are more true than your facts because your facts came from CNN. So your facts are lies. And the other side is like, no, your facts are fake news because they came from CNN. Okay, guys, fact checkers are people too. And in fact, if you actually go and research the people that are running the fact-checking organizations that you utilize, you will find that they are not only people, but they are people that, just like everybody else, have prejudices and biases, some of them very strongly, in one political persuasion or another. Just because a fact-checker says that something is true doesn't make it true. And just because a fact-checker says something is false doesn't make it false. The opposite is also true. Just because a fact checker says it's true doesn't mean that you have to get all up in arms and think that it's false. Or just because a fact checker says it's false doesn't mean you need to get all up in arms and say that it's true. I mean, fact checkers said that the earth was flat, people. Once upon a time, the fact checkers of the world believed that evil spirits lived in Brussels sprouts. I can, I can kind of see how they got to that one. The fact checkers, the science of the day, once told us that beavers were fish and that the gladiators' blood could cure epilepsy and that babies don't feel pain. And I could go on and on and on and on. Just because science or fact checkers or whatever else say something is true does not necessarily mean that it's true. And as for factcheck.org, side note, bonus for you, factcheck.org on their own uh, articles at the bottom of every one, there is this italicized phrase. Factcheck.org is one of several organizations working with Facebook to debunk misinformation shared on social media. 
I mean, I completely trust everything Mark Zuckerberg says because surely he is an infallible human being who would be completely unbiased in every fact that he has checked. And I mean, no disrespect to Mr. Zuckerberg. He's done incredible things, and I'm grateful that he built Facebook because I love being able to keep up with my family. But fact-checkers are not infallible, nor are they always correct, nor are they always wrong. A simple believeth every word, and is punished, the Bible says. Number four. Donald Trump is not the savior of America. Full stop. That's it. Number five. Joe Biden isn't either. The end. I could just leave it at that, but four and five together, uh, both sides are guilty of this, all right? There, there's, there are far too many people on the right that are, are championing this idea that if we just reelect Donald Trump, then everything will be right in our country. If we just reelect Donald Trump, then everything will be fine. Donald Trump is the, is the answer to all of our problems, and if he ever does anything that is even remotely wrong, we won't admit to it or call it out because he is our guy and we can't have anything bad about him. Then you have the left who thinks that Donald Trump is the worst thing that could happen to America and that therefore the only way to save America is if Joe Biden gets elected. And if Joe Biden gets elected, then all the violence will stop, then racism will miraculously disappear. I understand they don't actually think that, but you, you understand what I'm saying here, right? I'm, I'm taking it to the extremes. That Joe Biden is the answer to all of our problems and we have to elect Joe Biden because the only way to save America is if we elect Joe Biden. Guys, you're both wrong. Donald Trump isn't the savior of America. Joe Biden isn't the savior of America. People are not rioting and looting because, uh, because Donald Trump is the president or because Joe Biden isn't the president. People have heart sin issues, not because Donald Trump is the president, not because Joe Biden could be the president, but because they have sin in their lives. The only savior for Americans is the only savior that there's ever been in the history of the world, the only savior that there ever will be, and that goes back to number one, you better have a right relationship with Jesus Christ and everything else in your life built on that because this country is not and never will be perfect. I think that our founders did a great job when they created America. I really do. I believe that they built this country on biblical principles, and I think that is historically accurate. I think that there is a very specific manner of governing that our founders had in mind, and I personally believe that there is one political party right now that more accurately represents that. It's not in any way a perfect representation, but it's closer to that. And there is certainly one political party that more closely aligns with my values and my vision of what America should be. But my values and my vision of what America should be differs from that of what other people's vision for what America is and what America should be looks like. But on neither side is your candidate going to solve all the world's problems. On neither side is your candidate infallible and capable of making this country uh, the best place in the world. No, God governs in the affairs of men, and if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, an empire cannot rise without his aid, and I would argue an, uh, a country cannot continue in its greatness, if you will, without his blessing regardless of who is president of these United States. Number six, Joe Biden is senile. 
I, I don't mean that disrespectfully, but you cannot watch this man and, and not comprehend that what is happening to him is just not acceptable. This man should not have been the Democratic nominee for president. If we elect him, Kamala Harris is going to be our president. Kamala Harris has a horrific record of abuses in California. Google them. Do you really want her running this country like she governed as attorney general in California? Particularly at a time like this? And you're like, oh, well, that's just, again, <laughs> fake news. N no, not really. It's not even right-wing news. You can go and look at articles that were written by newspapers in California, not Fox News, not CNN. You can look at the OC register, the Orange County register. They said, Kamala, here's the headline, Kamala Harris's abysmal record on justice. And this is what, that's part of what the article says. And to, uh, as San Francisco DA, Harris was silent when the California Senate introduced legislation to reopen some proceedings uh, regarding public access, access to disciplinary proceedings of, of police officers. And they had shut down the system so that you could no longer access that information or learn about abusive officers. Uh, the former state senator, Gloria Romero, the Los Angeles Democrat, who authored the bill and now is a member of the editorial board of the OC Register, uh, told the New York Times regarding Harris, there could not have been a more profound wall of silence. It's easy to call yourself progressive today, but I mean, come on, it's easy to reinvent yourself. In 2018, the legislature passed a similar bill about open records, with newspapers gaining access to long-hidden records about officers accused of egregious abuses. Harris remained silent on that as well. One attorney general, the Orange County snitch scandal gained national attention when prosecutors and deputies had misused jailhouse information to gain confessions in violation of inmates' rights. Harris sided with the district attorney's office as it opposed court efforts to remove the department from tainted cases. Her office investigation went nowhere. And Harris fought tooth and nail to uphold wrongful convictions that had been secured through official misconduct that even included evidence tampering, false testimony, and the suppression of crucial information by prosecutors, argued law professor Lara Bazelon in a 2019 New York Times column about Harris's attorney general record. Again, guys, this isn't Fox News. This isn't CNN. This is the New York Times. This is the Orange County record. We do the New York Post has an article, Kamala Harris's polarizing record as a prosecutor. As California's Attorney General from 2011 to 2017, she refused to endorse a 2015 bill calling for a special prosecutor to investigate deadly police shootings, according to the Sacramento Bee. She also rejected calls from civil rights groups to investigate deadly police shootings in L.A. and San Francisco following the 2014 police-involved killing of Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri. In 2015, Harris required body cameras for California Department of Justice agents, but didn't support legislation mandating them for all police officers. The senator's history as San Francisco district attorney from 2004 to 2011 has also been scrutinized. Shortly after taking the job, she sparked a decades-long feud with police unions for declining to pursue the death penalty for a gang member who murdered San Francisco police officer Isaac Espinoza. She also began prosecuting parents of habitually truant students, calling the issue of students skipping school tantamount to a crime. 
even when amid criticism that the policy disproportionately targeted low-income people of color, according to the Los Angeles Times. Speaking of the Los Angeles Times, or I'm sorry, uh, this is the San Francisco Chronicle. Headline, Harris's record as California Attorney General could become issue in presidential race. This is what the article reads, the San Francisco Chronicle. A state attorney general is expected to defend state laws in court, including initiatives passed by the voters. But in 2011, newly elected attorney general Kamala Harris refused to defend Proposition 8's ban on same-sex marriage, saying it was unconstitutional. Her decision proved crucial when the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in 2013 that Proposition 8 private sponsors had no standing to represent the voters in court, leaving the measure without a legal defense and erasing it from the books. However, Harris responded differently in 2014 when a federal judge ruled that California's death penalty law was unconstitutionally arbitrary because condemned prisoners had to wait 20 years or more to get legal representation and have their appeals decided. Harris, now U.S. Senator, opposes the death penalty. Her refusal to seek it as San Francisco District Attorney in a police-killing case nearly cost her the 2010 election for Attorney General. Uh, and it, it goes on. It talks about... Uh, uh, different cases she was part of, and this is this. The Proposition 8 and death penalty cases have also rekindled debate about how much an attorney general's personal and political convictions should influence his or her legal decisions. But the opening line of this article is, is, is telling. Not to mention when you couple it with all the others. A state attorney general is expected to defend state laws and courts, including initiatives passed by the voters. You're not supposed to get to pick and choose which one you like or dislike when you agree with or disagree with and those ones you defend. No, no, no. You defend them all. But considering the current political climate, do you really want Kamala Harris running this country like she ran as Attorney General of California? Where she didn't want or wouldn't support police officers having body cams, where she closed off access to records about abusive officers, where she didn't prosecute the death penalty for a known gang member who murdered a cop. I mean, on both sides of this thing, she's on the wrong side. Number seven, COVID-19 is not going away. An unpopular truth, guys. This is a virus. It's amazing. It, it, it may lessen. It will lose steam over time, but it's going to morph. It's going to change. There's going to be more things like COVID-19 because COVID-19 is a virus. And it's amazing how the same people, Nancy Pelosi, Mike Bloomberg, among others, who said that the virus is no big deal, even our own president, but, but it was Pelosi and Bloomberg who were saying, come to Chinatown, everything is cool, when Trump was closing borders, a move that the left strongly criticized. And yet now, it's his fault that your cousin's co-worker's aunt's grandmother died. And I'm not trying to be flippant here, a very dear friend of mine nearly lost his life to COVID, but the CDC has stated that it's a tiny fraction of the people reported ac who, uh, with COVID that have actually died from COVID alone. The CDC report says that for 6% of the deaths, COVID-19 was the only cause mentioned. Okay, 6% of whatever number it is that you're hearing of COVID-19 deaths, only 6% of those, which is in the single-digit thousands at this point, I believe, was the only cause mentioned. The other 94% list conditions contributing to deaths where COVID-19 was listed on the death certificate as a contributor. Or they just, it, they had it at the time of their death. Now, to put this into perspective, all right, and some of you are going to think this is callous, but bear with me. George Floyd tested positive for COVID. Postmortem. COVID-19 will be listed 
on his death certificate. He will be in the total COVID death numbers that leftists like to throw around. But nobody is rioting right now because George Floyd died of COVID. Am I right? Come on, people. And the news is not helping anything. All right? News is not helping anything. And I don't want to call them out here because uh, it is a local station. But I, I saw this headline yesterday and I was like, that's just, that's so out of proportion. Headline, here in Vegas, read, Wynn Resorts reports more than 500 employees have tested positive for COVID-19. All right, I'm, I'm going to call them out. I'm sorry, guys, but I'm, I just, it's, it's 8 News Now. This is the headline. And it was plastered on social media like, whoa. Oh my goodness. And when and the way it was out there and phrased, it looked like, oh man, that is so bad. But if you actually read the article, there's this little tidbit. Wynn Resort said that it has a 3.6% positivity rate, which is well below the U.S. national average. And... Its findings show that 98% of their employees contracted the vi- or con- yeah contracted the virus outside of work. When resorts said there have been six guests of the more than 500,000 who have stayed there since reopening, who have tested positive. I want you to just take out a calculator and do the math yourself. Six out of 500,000. What is that percent? Go ahead. You figure it out. I don't have time. We don't have time in this podcast right now. You can do the calculator math. But there's a big difference between a headline that blares more than 500 employees have tested positive for COVID-19 when they have over 15,000 employees at the Wynn Resorts and only a 3.6 positivity rate, which is below our national average, well below our national average. And now the left who call you parents who don't want to shoot up your infants with HPV and 7,000 other immunizations, whack jobs and anti-vaxxers, and totally anti-vax... They're now totally anti-vaxxer themselves on COVID trials because what? Because Trump could get credit for it? I mean, it's almost like leftists who think conservatives are obsessed with Trump don't realize they're the ones attributing him godlike power, or lack thereof, over a virus. Number eight. Sports are not... Essential. Caveat. But I love them. Look, now's the opinion part. Fact, sports are not essential. Opinion, if NFL players want to demonstrate, I'm still going to watch football. I'll tell you why. Because I've said this before, if you've been a listener of this program for any amount of time, in my humble opinion, boycotts are silly, if not hypocritical. If you went to Starbucks today, but you're boycotting the NFL, eh... If you have Nikes in your closet, but you're boycotting the NFL, if you've ever opened a PDF, you know, those Adobe products, but you're boycotting the NFL, if you have Energizer batteries in anything you own, but you're boycotting the NFL, if you have an American Express or Bank of America account, if you have Levi's or Dockers, if you go... If you, if you eat any kind of Frito-Lay potato chip or drink any kind of Pepsi product, I could go on literally for hours about companies who I guarantee do not align with your values or a Judeo-Christian worldview. Are you going to boycott them all? Visit SecondVote. I think it's SecondVote.com. Hang on, let me double check. But it's this incredible website. SecondVote.com. I don't remember if it's .com or .org. Um, 
Secondvote.com. Visit secondvote.com. You can look up any organization, where they stand on a variety of issues, and your, your boycott list is going to be longer than you can remember. Can you live in the world without being of it? Yes, I disagree with kneeling during the anthem. I strongly disagree with kneeling during the anthem. I have a podcast about it that I did a long time ago. You can go look it up. SoundCloud, iTunes, The Fertile Show. There you go. But I believe you can disagree with a method without disagreeing with a message. And now we'll talk about the BLM message in a few minutes, so, so don't get me confused here. But look, locked arms and a moment of silence, I don't have problems with either of those things. Nor do I think that either of them were actually booed at the Chiefs game on opening night. Uh, but I digress. And racism is a fine slogan painted in an end zone. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that message. That's a great message, although it's extremely vague. How, how are we going to just end racism? Like, how to Black Lives Matter, on the other hand, is the name of an organization, and only certain Black Lives Matter to them, but we're saving that for number 10. And no, by the way, this is a commonly shared viewpoint, and it is completely inaccurate. So many people saying, oh, well, the, 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 the NFL and fans would be so supportive if the NFL players were doing anything else or any other cause, if they... No. No, they're not. Here's a simple reminder. A few things you may have forgotten, guys. The NFL has not historically been okay with other issues and drawing awareness and attention to other issues. So yes, the NFL does have a hypocrisy problem in what issues it will allow and what issues it will not. In 2012, the NFL had an issue with Tim Tebow kneeling before each game to pray, and they had an issue with him wearing John 6, 316 as part of his eye black to avoid glare, and they made him take it off. In 2013, the NFL fined Brandon Marshall for wearing green cleats to raise awareness for people with mental health disorders. In 2014, RG3, Robert Griffin III, entered a post-game press conference wearing a shirt that said, No Jesus, no peace, but he was forced to turn it inside out by an NFL uniform inspector before speaking at the podium. There's only some messages that are allowed to go out, apparently. In 2015, D'Angelo Williams was fined for wearing a Find the Cure eye black for breast cancer awareness. And also in 2015, William Gay was fined for wearing purple cleats to raise awareness for domestic violence. Because you know it's not like the NFL has any issues with domestic violence. In 2016, the NFL prevent prevented the Dallas Cowboys from wearing a decal on their helmet in honor of five Dallas police officers killed in the line of duty. But now you can put uh, uh, people's names on the back of your helmet as long as they're from an approved list. In 2016 as well, the NFL threatened to fine players who wanted to wear cleats to commemorate the 15th anniversary of 9-11. So no, guys, the NFL is not all about free speech and expression. The NFL is not about allowing players to bring awareness to uh, issues that are important to them. The NFL does not have respect for any issue. It apparently only has uh, respect and uh, space for certain Issues. So I do have a problem with that aspect of the NFL, quite frankly, more so than I do with NFL players uh, taking an opportunity to express their opinion in whatever way they feel they want to express it. If their employer is okay with it, then that's their prerogative. And you don't have to watch if you don't want to. But I want to, because I like football a lot. Number nine. We no longer want MLK's dream. And this one is a bridge. This one is a segue. This brings number eight and number ten together. But we have gone backwards. 
and and you will see this when we talk about the BLM mission statement in just a minute, but it is now about the color of your skin rather than the content of your character. I mean, you can see this in examples of white allies being told to kneel when they go to protests, or, or how about the fact that we're putting the name of a credibly accused rapist, repeat rapist, on your jersey or your helmet or your windshield, and this is apparently the new way to signal uh, virtue. Credibly accused rapist plus virtue don't belong in the same sentence. If Jacob Blake was white, you would never have heard of him, or the cops would be a hero because they would have prevented the evil white man from attacking the black woman, from, tr from terrorizing her children, and so on. I mean, what, what happened to the Believe All Women movement? I mean, where is Me Too? You guys are just okay with this? <sighs> Number 10. If you've never actually read the Black Lives Matter mission statement, you do not have the right to tell me or anyone else that I have to support Black Lives Matter. Now, that doesn't mean that black lives don't matter. Very much the contrary. All lives matter. Black lives matter. All black lives matter. But no, I won't hashtag BLM, and no, I won't raise my fist, and no, I will not associate myself with Black Lives Matter because it is the name of an organization that is leftist, progressive, anti-Christian, anti-God. Let me help you out with this. When I was getting ready for this podcast earlier this week, I pulled up their, their mission statement. It's blacklivesmatter.com forward slash what we believe. What dash we dash believe. When I pulled it up today... The page no longer exists. But fortunately, it's existed for so long that people have been able to write articles about it and have copied and pasted it. They now have an ambiguous about page that doesn't really tell us a whole lot about them. Their mission statement, on the other hand, tells us a lot about them. And I think the reason they deleted it is because people are saying, you know Black Lives Matter stands for this, you know Black Lives Matter stands for this, you know Black Lives Matter stands for this, and now they can say, no we don't. Who said that? Well, it used to be on your mission statement page, which now has mysteriously disappeared. Literally overnight. One day it was there, the next day it is gone. Interesting. But I'm going to read to you what uh, part of their mission statement is. So it starts out talking about their history. So their What We Believe talks about the history of how they came to be uh, through Michael Brown and uh, through Ferguson and talks about uh, what they have accomplished, and then it gets to uh, uh, the actual context of what they believe. So I'm going to start at that part of, I'm going to skip the history part of how they came to be, and just go into where uh, the things are that they believe. Because if you've never heard this, if you've never read this, you need to know it. So this is from uh, Black Lives Matter. This is from uh, blacklivesmatter.com forward slash what we believe. It has since been deleted unsure now if they no longer have a belief uh, statement, mission statement, or if they just don't want people knowing. I'll leave that up to you to decide after we go through this together. 
The Black Lives Matter global network is as powerful as it is because of our membership, our partners, our supporters, our staff, and you. Our continued commitment to liberation for all black people means we are continuing to the work of our ancestors and fighting for our collective freedom because it is our duty. Every day we recommit to healing ourselves and each other and to co-creating alongside comrades, allies, and family, a culture where each person feels seen, heard, and supported. We acknowledge, respect, and celebrate differences and commonalities. We work vigorously for freedom and justice for black people and, by extension, all people. Caveat, apparently Black Lives Matter is allowed to talk about all lives or all people, but the rest of us are not. Uh, continuing, we intentionally build and nurture a beloved community that is bonded together through a beautiful struggle that is restorative, not depleting. Caveat, I do not see restoration in looting and rioting. Continuing, we are unapologetically black in our positioning. In affirming the bla that black lives matter, we need not qualify our position. To love and desire freedom and justice for ourselves is a prerequisite for wanting the same for others. Whoa, did you get that? We are unapologetically black in our positioning. In affirming that black lives matter, we need not qualify our position. To love and desire freedom and justice for ourselves is a prerequisite for wanting the same for others. Now you've got a little bit of an issue. In case you didn't have an issue with anything before this, unapologetically black in our positioning. I don't have a problem with that. But a lot of people would have a problem if I put out a mission statement that said, I'm unapologetically white in my positioning. And in my desire to love freedom and justice for myself is a prerequisite to me wanting it for you. Like, if I don't get it, then it doesn't, you don't matter. D maybe we have a little problem there. But let's go back to the, to the statement. We see ourselves as part of the global black family, and we are aware of the different ways we are impacted or privileged as black people who exist in different parts of the world. All right. We are guided by the fact that all black lives matter, regardless of actual or perceived sexual identity, gender identity, gender expression, economic status, ability, disability, religious beliefs or disbeliefs, immigration status, or location. AKA, we have covered all the wokeness. We make space for transgender brothers and sisters to participate and lead interesting phrasing. We are self-reflexive and do the work required to dismantle cisgender privilege and uplift black trans folk, especially black trans women who continue to be disproportionately impacted by trans antagonistic violence. Seems very supportive of the transgender movement, which by the way is different than the gay lesbian movement, and which by the way has an incredibly high uh, rate of suicide. We build a space that affirms black women and is free from sexism, misogyny, and environments in which men are centered. But you will find nothing about the rights of unborn or preborn black children. You will find nothing about the fatherlessness epidemic. They affirm black women, but we're not going to talk about that issue because all black lives don't actually matter, apparently. Continuing, we practice empathy. We engage comrades with the intent to learn about and connect with their context. We make our spaces family-friendly and enable parents to fully participate with their children. I agree with that. We dismantle the patriarchal practice that requires mothers to work double shifts so that they can mother in private even as they participate in public justice work. Okay. Uh, we disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirement by supporting each other as extended families and villages that collectively care for one another, especially our children, to the degree that mothers, parents, and children are comfortable. Notice again, zero mention of fathers. The only mention of men so far 
has been negative. And that they're affirming a space for black women. Only other mention of men, if you will, is black trans women who they believe are disproportionately impacted by trans antagonistic violence. Kind of interesting. Just saying. Did you, did you know this was their mission statement? Continuing. We foster a queer affirming network. When we gather, we do so with the intention of freeing ourselves from the tight grip of heteronormative thinking, or rather the belief that all in the world are heterosexual, unless she, he, or they disclose otherwise. We cultivate an intergenerational and communal network free from ageism. We believe that all people, regardless of age, show up with the capacity to lead and learn. Well, that, I mean, can't disagree with that one. We embody and practice justice, liberation, and peace in our engagements with one another. I have not seen peace from those shouting Black Lives Matter uh, in the streets and looting and burning things. I, I don't see that there. Maybe they're just not aware of the mission. And I understand that there have been plenty of peaceful protests. I understand that the NFL players are peacefully protesting. I have no problems, again, with peaceful protesting, even if it's them kneeling during the anthem. I mean, personally, I don't agree with it, but that I don't. I believe that is a constitutionally protected right. It's not one. It's not something that I would do. But the right to peacefully protest is allowed in this country. The problem is. There's not a whole lot of that seeming to be going on right now. And there aren't a whole lot of people that seem to understand what Black Lives Matter stands for. There aren't a lot of people out there that seem to recognize that when they are posting things on social media, when they are doing the fist and hashtagging things and saying, I support Black Lives Matter, and, and Christians are putting this up, and people are saying, well, no, Black Lives Matter doesn't matter about the movement. No, it does matter about the movement. There is meaning behind the things we say and behind the things we do. But if, if the mission statement alone doesn't bother you, because they're the group that's driving all of this, guys. This is not like some organic thing. No, no Black Lives Matter is actively driving... All of the Black Lives Matter stuff that you... Not all. Okay. Granted, some of it is going to be uh, uh, generic grassroots. But Black Lives Matter is behind Black Lives Matter. And I've seen a lot of people saying, Oh, well, Black Lives Matter is donating Democratic candidates. and uh, Well, no. BlackLivesMatter.com uses a platform, ActBlue, to process their donations. Yes, ActBlue is popular among Democratic politicians. And yes, just the fact that it has blue in the name led you to believe that they would be doing things... That would be supporting Democratic candidates. Well, there's a similar service called WinRed that is uh, utilized by Republicans, but neither of those uh, processors cover how the funds are allocated. So when Black Lives Matter gets money, where does it go? We don't know. Literally, no one knows. <laughs> On Reddit, the... Uh, uh, who was this guy? Uh, I can't find he's somebody with BLM but I can't find his title but he said uh, right now our programs are focused on civic engagement expansion of chapters arts and culture organizing and digital resources and tools that's it but there's no record of where their money goes why is that it's because the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation is fiscally sponsored by another nonprofit called Thousand Currents. 
This is not uncommon, and it is legal. They have not yet received their own IRS approval for tax-exempt 501c3 status, which they could, especially now they're being inundated with funds, so it is a little bit suspicious, I think you could say, that they do not have to disclose where their money is going. Uh, they don't file their own public uh, financial disclosures, I should say. Um, but... <laughs> For those of you who love fact-checkers, we'll, we'll use what factcheck.org has. Okay, According to information provided by factcheck.org by Thousand Currents, and you can go to factcheck.org forward slash 2020 forward slash 06 forward slash donations dash 2 dash black dash lives dash matter dash group dash don't dash go dash 2 dash DNC. Because they are fact-checking, do black lives matter donations go to the DNC? The answer is no. But in, the, uh, in this uh, fact-check, we find something interesting about where the donations do go. While it's not listed out specifically, we learn that one quarter of Black Lives Matter expenditures in physical year 2019 went to salaries, benefits, and payroll taxes. So 25%, that's not a number that's off the charts. But an additional 46% went to consultant fees. The audit doesn't give us any further details except that a small fraction of what BLM received was spent on grants. Much of the remainder of the roughly 25% that's left over, was allocated to accounting, bank fees, information technology, insurance, legal fees, and office expenses. So, based on factcheck.org's information from Thousand Currents, roughly 98, 99% potentially, of BLM funding is not being used to benefit black communities. Or, apparently, anything else. It's going to salaries, consultants, uh, fees, technology, more fees, office expenses. John Cena gave them a million bucks. I wonder if he knew that whatever is 1% of a million, sorry, it's still early, <laughs> would actually go to, you know, making a difference in, for black lives as opposed to consultants and fees and salaries. 90, I mean, let's be generous. We'll say 95%. 95% overhead is uh, really high. And by the way, this is another one I've heard a lot. If we're supposed to say black lives matter instead of all lives matter or white lives matter or baby lives matter or we can't even say all black lives matter because that somehow doesn't fit the narrative either because we're supposed to just focus on the problem at hand rather than problems in general, then at this point, in late September 2020, we should be saying police lives matter a whole lot more because it is open season on cops right now. So if the only lives that we're supposed to talk about are lives that are being specifically targeted, then we should be saying police lives matter. If you're saying black lives matter, but you're not saying police lives matter, and, and that's... I, I don't understand that. I don't get it. Maybe somebody can educate me in the comments on Facebook or Twitter or SoundCloud or iTunes. Because I don't understand. Because what I've been told is that the reason we say black lives matter instead of all lives matter or white lives matter or baby lives matter or all black lives matter, the reason we say black lives matter is because we're trying to keep attention on an on a issue that is current. And the, and the slaughter, apparently of uh, non-white individuals by cops, the reason, the, the way to address that is by saying Black Lives Matter. Well, how do we address 
the slaughter of police officers by anyone. I believe there is a certain demographic, but I'll just leave that out of it. But do we get to say police lives matter because now they're being targeted, or, or do we just never get to say that? I don't know. And last but not least, under number 10, if you've never done anything to make an actual difference in a, in a neighborhood where people live that do not look like you, if you've never mentored someone who did not look like you, then I question whether black lives actually matter to you. Perhaps you should change your profile picture and sit down. Again, unpopular truth. Read the Black Lives Mission, Black Lives Matter mission statement. Unpopular opinion. Maybe you should be doing something to make a difference. And posting on social media is not it. So there you have it. My 10 unpopular truths of the week. Hope I have made you thoroughly frustrated and or encouraged or whatever feeling you're feeling right now. Share it with me on Facebook, on Twitter. You can find me there at The Friddle. We'll be back again next week with more fun things. I think, I'm not positive yet, but I think next week we are going to have a very special guest. Uh, and, and I think you're really going to enjoy listening to her. She's going to fill us in on some of what's going on with, uh, with voter. Well, I'm not going to tell you. But I, I think you're going to like it because this woman is incredibly uh, intelligent and has a lot uh, to share with us. We've got some good guests coming up over the next few weeks, and I think you're really going to enjoy. So stay tuned. Join us again next week for more of The Frittle Show. Thanks for being with us. See you later. This is KVXL 11.1 FM, Experience Liberty Radio. For those of you listening here with us in Las Vegas, the rest of you, thanks for listening on SoundCloud or iTunes. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. Till next time. See you later.